Previously on Clutch. It's been five years since Matt and Mike posed as human traffickers in an attempt to find Kylie. Instead, they found Nicole and Chris, an undercover FBI agent who lost her life because of their actions. While Nicole was able to escape, so was the trafficker Darius, and they were left with no leads on Kylie's whereabouts. Clutch, Chapter 3, Episode 2, Taciturnity. Written and directed by Matthew Carvery. Audio editing by Jonathan Robbins. Interior motel room, day. The room looks filthy. Water stains on wallpaper that hasn't been changed since August of 1973. Everything in the room, from sheets on the bed to the carpeting, is a vaguely beige-brown color, and one could never be sure if that's because they were purchased that way or not. At least not without a blacklight. A few empty pizza boxes and empty cola bottles clutter the desk and TV stand. Matt is pacing the room while Mike sits on one of the beds looking over his emails on an out-of-date laptop. No. No, forget it. Look, our leads have run dry, and so will our wallets soon. We pulled too many scams in this area in too short a time. We're risking getting picked up by the cops. We have to do something soon. It's either this or we give up on Kylie coming back. No, you're not giving up. Not when we're this close. We, we found this silence group. Club silence and a human trafficking ring as big as that isn't going to even let us in the door unless we have the cash to make a purchase. How would we even do this? It's it's not like we could just, you know, place a Craigslist ad. No, that, that'd be stupid. You already did that, didn't you? No, I... no. What did it say? Woman needed to assist grifters in taking down human trafficking ring? No, I, I didn't word it like that. When? Earlier this week. This is really not a good idea. Uh, you have a better one? You get any responses? One. She'll be here in an hour. You have a tape recorder? Interior motel room day, roughly one hour later. A woman, Taylor sits in a chair talking to Mike. She speaks in that way that only someone who's gotten used to telling the story of the worst moments of their life over and over again can, with pain that has been mostly but not entirely replaced with resolve. Matt stands in the back of the room listening. The room's decor has not improved in the last hour. Three years they had her before she managed to escape. Doing only God knows what for God knows what kind of scum. Just uh, never talk to you about what went on there? No. She used to tell me everything. We were so close before, but now she barely speaks to anyone. Mike shoots a pointed look at Matt. He feels vindicated. His plan is going to work. Take your time. I know this must be hard. It's a sad story to have to tell, but one our readers need to hear. I'm not sad. I'm angry. If I could get my hands on the bastards that took her, I... I'm, I'm sorry, but who, who is he, anyway? He's my assistant. Assistant editor. Matt and Mike look at each other annoyed. Taylor, for her part, is not buying this. Not for a second. It's, yeah, he used to be my assistant, but he got uh, promoted, and the sensitive nature of an article like this just... Yeah, there's no article. I'm sorry? There's no article. 
He's not your editor and you're not a reporter. You two must think I'm pretty stupid. She removes her Rutger EC9 from her clutch. She's named it Mary after her aunt, but that's not important right now. Mike jumps to his feet and Matt backs further into a corner. Both raise their hands. I suggest you start talking before you both end up walking out of here with several new holes in your joy departments. If I decide to let you walk out at all. We are the bad guys here. All right, you, you put that down. Right, so you can time me up until your buyers arrive? Whoa, 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 you've got it all wrong. You, we're trying to rescue someone. <laughs> yeah, right. He's telling the truth. For once. Yes, it's not your usual go-to department. Not helping. Taylor, slightly but significantly, lowers her aim. All right, then. Who are you trying to rescue? His girlfriend? My, uh, co-worker? Yeah? What's her name? Kylie. Kylie. Taylor starts to believe them, a little. Last name? Teachman. Teachman. Age? I don't know, uh, 27, 28? 28. Well, how and when did she get captured? We don't really need to get into all of that. Taylor softens a bit. These guys might just be on the same level. You blame yourself. Well, you shouldn't. I know he should. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Look, we have a lead on who has her. And I have a plan. But I, I, I don't think the traffickers are going to be interested in him and fishnets. So, what's your great plan? We'll take you through it, but uh, first, would you mind maybe just lowering the gun? Or, or, or raising it? Like, seriously, any other part of my body, I'm, I'm cool. Taylor hesitates, but lowers the gun. Exterior, parkade, day, flash forward. Small beams of sunlight stream through the openings of a mostly empty parkade. Graffiti covers the pillars. One of the few cars there is missing its wheels. Another has had the driver's side window smashed in. On closer inspection, we see that the radio is gone, leaving exposed wires sticking out of the dash, and the car has also been rummaged through for any object of value that could be taken. Matt and Taylor wait as the two traffickers exit a large van. The first is thin and tall, wearing a sleeveless leather vest and a bandana as a headband. The other is much broader-shouldered and wears a leather jacket. They both show the colors of some motorcycle gang on their outerwear. We never hear their names, so we'll call them Bert and Ernie. Using the leads I've gathered, Matt here sells you to the traffickers I've found. Whoa, 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 whoa. They don't know me from Adam. They're supposed to just trust that I'm not a cop or something? Don't worry, I've been laying the groundwork for the last few weeks. Your alias should be well-established with them by now. Bert and Ernie approach Matt and Taylor, and the exchange is made. Matt gets a briefcase full of cash, and in return, the traffickers get their... merchandise. At the last minute, Taylor breaks free from them and runs back to Matt. Ernie runs back, grabbing her and dragging her back to the van, leaving Matt looking confused and horrified. Interior traffickers' van, flash forward. The inside of the van looks like a nightmare come to life. There's bloodstains on the floor and scratches on the walls that look like they were made by human hands. A close inspection reveals that there's still a press-on nail stuck in the upholstery. 
Taylor sits tied up on the floor of the back of the van, not even struggling against her bonds. They'll take you back to their holding house for sale. That's your brilliant plan? To sell me into slavery? Exterior, Cat Scratch Club evening, flash forward. The street is wet from a recent rainfall, reflecting the lights of the nearby clubs and storefronts. Mike, his hair slick with rain, wearing a suit that looks like he borrowed it from his older brother, and carrying a briefcase that looks like it started seeing heavy use in about 1987, walks towards what appears from its hot pink neon sign reading Kitty Cats with the silhouette of a woman as the Y to be a strip club. That's where I come in. Interior, Cat Scratch Club, evening, flash forward. Mike walks through the club, which we can now tell is definitely a strip club. Some girls dance on various stages around the room, highlighted by pink neon in the dim light. A few others sit on men's laps, coaxing the money out of their wallets. Once they've gotten inside, you can listen to their conversations, talk to the other girls there, hopefully find out who they're supplying and where. Mike reaches the back of the club where there is a door marked private. He looks at one of the mirrored walls near the door and fixes his hair. Using the money Matt gets from the buyers, plus a little more that we saved up, I'd buy you back after you found out where they sent the girls. Right, because that worked so well last time. Now who's not helping? Wait, last time? What, what happened last time? Not important. He knocks. Interior, Cat Scratch Club, back area, evening. We're back in real time. Ernie and Bert sit playing cards in the back room of the club. It's cluttered with kegs and stacked up boxes of liquor bottles. There's a knock. Ernie goes and answers the door, revealing Mike. You him? These ain't carpet samples. Follow me and watch the big man talk, little mouth. Mike's hand self-consciously goes to his face. Mm -hmm. Mike is led in to where Bert waits for him. Have a seat. Got your money. Where's the girl? There's been a complication. For a second, Mike looks nervous. Are they on to him? My, my employer doesn't like complications. Well, what sort of complication are we talking about? Well, we can't give her the girl. Why not? A new customer of ours needs a girl immediately. They had to take one out of the rotation. Yeah, she needs a bit more training. Apparently she bit some poor sucker's cock clean off. Well, that's better than a shotgun to the face those other guys got. Is it? I'm not sure it is. I'll tell you what. How's about I cut your dick off, and then I shoot you in the face, and you can tell me which one you like less. I'm I'm just saying that, you know, getting your dick... Mike is fed up with this digression. We we, we had an arrangement, okay? You you, you tell your other client to wait. We've been trying to get their business for a while, and this is our first opportunity to deal with them. This isn't the person you tell what to do. Yeah, man. You don't want to mess with club silence. What did I tell you about club silence? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the first rule of club silence is you don't talk about club silence. No, the only rule of club silence is club silence doesn't fucking exist. And if anyone asks, you've never fucking heard of it. And in return, they don't have you killed for your fucking troubles. So shut the fuck up. Okay, sorry. Uh, Fine. I guess we're done here. Of course, I'll have to tell Marcel I'm taking this business elsewhere. There's the door. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. Like, Marcel? The drug dealer who operates on the west coast of Canada? We used to sell to him every so often, but I heard he was put out of business. Whoa. Someone must have forgot to tell him that. 
A guy is a has been. A Canadian has been. <laughs> <laughs> Get this hose around here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. But Marcel isn't going to be happy, and he'll tell people as much. What's he going to do? Write us a bad Yelp review? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good How one. do you think silence heard about you in the first place? The smug, self-assured attitude disappears from Bert's face. He's no longer in the power position here. Mike starts for the door. Okay, hey, wait. You know, Silence doesn't even know we have her yet. The girl was an unexpected acquisition from a new source. Go get her. Don't tell me what to fucking do. Dude, it's just... It's our fucking reputation. Bert doesn't move, just raises an eyebrow as if to say, you know what you need to do. Okay, Story, would you please, uh, if it's not too much trouble, go and fetch the girl? See? Was that so fucking hard? A little goddamn politeness never killed anybody. Bert stands, goes, and gets her from the other room. Uh, okay. Um, listen, I, I apologize. Uh, we, we didn't realize you were here for Marcel, so, you know, he's a loyal client. We really wouldn't want to make him unhappy. It's fine. You couldn't have known. Ernie seems relieved. This one hasn't put up much of a fight. Except for trying to run back to her abductors, of all people, when we picked her up. She's very pliable. Let me take a look at you. Mike gets close. He grabs the back of her hair and pulls it back, unsure where to go from there as he inspects her teeth. Taylor plays submissive and broken in, not even whimpering as Mike manhandles her, just going along with whatever he does. Let them send me. Mike looks at her, confused. Silence, we're the ones who took my sister. Mike backs away. Something wrong here. Mike hesitates, conflicted. Taylor looks insistently at him. Um, I'm gonna do you a favor. Send this girl to your other clan. You don't want her? Marcel likes his girls with a little fight left in them. You know, so he can break them in himself. Bert looks at Mike with respect for the first time. You sure? So we don't want to lose your business. Don't worry. You can trust that you'll absolutely be seeing me again. Both Bert and Ernie seem satisfied with how this turned out. Mike gives one last look back at Taylor as he leaves. Taylor nods subtly to him. Interior motel room, day. The room has defied all the laws of probability and physics and has found a way to get even more disgusting. There are more pizza boxes and the beds have their covers turned down so we can see the stained sheets. Matt sits staring at a laptop screen as Mike enters, his suit soaked through and his hair a mess from the rain. Got good news and bad news. You didn't get Taylor back. No, they're selling her to silence. Wait, wait, how do you know that? Because she's moving in the wrong direction. Interior motel room day, flashback. Oh good, a flashback to the filthy motel room, because we haven't seen this place enough in real time. After my sister disappeared, my father had us get GPS chips implanted, so we could be found if anyone took us. Taylor rubs her shoulder from the remembered pain of the implant surgery. He had you lowjacked? If I'm ever taken, I want to be found. Preferably quickly. Exterior, parkade, day, flashback. We come back to the moment Taylor is being led to the van by Bert and Ernie. 
and as before, she breaks away and runs back to Matt. She grabs Matt's hands. In case something goes wrong. Ernie pulls Taylor away and Taylor releases Matt's hands. Matt looks down at his hands and finds a business card with a website and a string of what would appear to be gibberish, but since we already know what he does with it, we know that it's the ID number to enter the site to track Taylor's GPS. Interior motel room day. Present. And we're back. Is it dirtier somehow? No, that's ridiculous. No real time has passed since we last saw it. But maybe there's an extra pizza box, something for the continuity fanatics to catch. Insert. The tracking dot on the map shows it going north. Brave of her. But now we have to rescue two women. What's the good news? I've taken to where Kylie is. In this episode, you heard Matthew Carvery in the role of Matt, Jeff Sinisak in the role of Mike, Lindy Greenwood in the role of Taylor, Mark Robinson in the role of Bert, Chris Whitby in the role of Ernie, and Jonathan Robbins as the narrator. Original score by Adrian Ellis. <laughs> <laughs>